Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Welcome to the sixth episode of the Fantasy Hipsters Podcast. You got your guy, Matt Franchise, here. Right across from me, Matt Harmon, the other half of the Fantasy Hipsters. What's going on, Harmon? Many people would say uh, the superior half. I knew. I, I, I just I've lobbed that one up right for you there. Yeah, you, you really hit did. it out of the park. Good that, job. That was too easy. I'm sorry. No, but we are an equal equal partnership here on the Fantasy Hipsters Podcast. Yo, it's uh, it's good to be well seeing you because we do this in person. It's good to be seeing you again today. How are you? I'm wonderful, man. Uh, had a good week. Yeah. We uh, met up with our guy from DoChamps, the founder and owner of DoChamps Grooming Co. Oh, man. That was awesome. What a good time that was. Went so, out, went out for, some, with some, for some beers? We did. We had some beers. Uh, him and his wife were going to their honeymoon. Right. Uh, his you know, obviously now wife. Uh, going to the honeymoon in, in Bora Bora, and they were late over here in L.A., and we got to actually meet up with them. That was sick. It was awesome. It was yeah. a really good time, good conversation. It, it was great because, obviously, like we're in, we're in business with, with him, but like he was legitimately somebody that we would like hang out with on, yeah. a, on a regular basis. I got to say, though, um, one negative from the experience was I definitely had some beard envy. You know, if, oh, his beard is awesome. He's got a kick-ass beard. You've got a great beard. Mm, oh, thanks. I know, and I'm just like, man, I miss... I was missing mine. I was missing mine. It was bad timing for for the meetup, but it was awesome. Uh, he's a great guy, Matt. His, his three, all three of us, Matts. Yeah, pretty. It's pretty great. Too um, many Matts. Yeah, had a great uh, great drinking session with him, and uh, yeah. And speaking of that, this podcast is sponsored by Duchamp's Grooming Company. There you go. And uh, if you don't know what Duchamp's is by now, I guess you must just be tuning in. But they're Vintage-inspired, handmade grooming products for the modern-day man. They've got everything that you could possibly want. They've got beard oil, beard balm. If you're like me right now and you don't have a beard, uh, you've, you've, they've got you covered. They've got, they've got a hair wax. They've got a hair serum that I'm intrigued to try out myself. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so they'll, they'll hook you up if you, uh, if you just visit their website, dochampsgrooming.co. Yep. Uh, and we got some tips from him on, uh, you know, some style tips and oh, other man. uses for the oils. Like maybe you want to take a bath and put some oil in there and it makes your skin soft. So you don't even, if you don't have a beard, you can use the oil for other stuff. I know. It's got, I mean, it sounds like there's plenty of uses. He really is like a mad scientist. It was cool to right. like, it was cool to hear like his process and how he's, you know, 
at his home in, in which is in Virginia, actually right near where I used to live. Uh, he's like a, he's like mixing things in his in his basement and doing all this crazy stuff. He makes it all himself with his own hands. Awesome. So I'm really really happy that we kind of got to further our our relationship and and everything. And also. Me too. More good news from from Do Champs off the top here. We're going to be doing a giveaway with them. Oh yeah! Totally going to hook you guys up. Yep. Uh, you can in order to win though. Here's 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 what you have to do. You have to leave a review of the podcast on iTunes. Yep. Sorry if you don't use iTunes, but iTunes is the most important place for podcast listeners. That's so, right. So I don't know. Sign up for an iTunes account. And just don't buy. Don't buy anything. Just leave a review. Whatever. You can figure it out. Anyway, so what you got to do is you got to leave a review on iTunes. Mm-hmm. You have to leave a a positive five star review. Yeah. Uh, of the show, and then at the end you have to guess a <laughs> trivia question, and the trivia question is how old is Charlie? My dog. That's a good question. So basically, whoever answers first, and there's timestamps on the reviews, I, I think. I think there is. Yeah. At least dates. Well, the first one that we see that has the correct guess of Charlie's age will win either a beard kit or a hair kit from Champs. Right. And this stuff is great, what's in there. So you get to choose. If you don't have a beard, you pick the hair kit. Uh, if you have a beard, pick the beard kit. What's you what's so what's all in the in the kit? Uh, it looks like the beard kit comes with a huge bottle of beard wash, the beard oil and the beard balm. Then there's a beard and mustache kit which comes with mustache wax too. Uh, and in the in the hair kit they've got the they've got the the, the hair wax, they've got the uh, hair, hair serum, serum and everything. Yeah. So they'll hook you guys up, we'll put you in touch with them. So anyways, that's the giveaway. So before next week's podcast, We'll check out the reviews, and we'll announce who won the uh, the giveaway on next week's show. And I'm going to leave a review right now and try to win some stuff. Bro, you Just, get enough uh, stuff from them. Ah, all right. Anyways, all right, so that's uh, that's what we've got at the top. Um, other, cool. other other pieces of hipster news. We won, like, would like to thank our uh, our music provider of our awesome intro music. They're yeah. Oakstone Ashes. They're Ty Miller's band. You can find them on Twitter, at Oakstone Ashes. Uh, they've got they've got a demo on iTunes as well too I believe uh, pretty cool stuff from them obviously if you heard the intro song you know that they're really good yeah uh, so great def- song so definitely check them out also uh, shout out to our friends at the Dynasty Happy Hour podcast for sending these uh, the shirts you've got yours under your flag and anthem uh, shirt there I've got mine rocking here uh, yeah good stuff from them they were nice enough to send us over some shirts nice and soft it's very soft soft t-shirt good, I good, like it. good material yeah. So shouts to everybody there, um, and with that, let's get right into the NFL news of the day, which right, is not much. Yeah, there's not a lot of news going on. It's a slow time. I mean, I guess the big story this week is that uh, Tony Romo officially retired from the NFL, and he's going to join CBS as a analyst. Uh, he's going to do football and golf. Yeah. So uh, life comes at you fast, Tony Romo. Well, he's a golfer, so, I mean, it makes sense. You, you always see him out there doing some golf stuff or whatever. Sure. Um, I remember the day he like broke his back for the hundredth time. It was uh, last August. I think we were actually together, and we were like, we both said Tony Romo's done. Yeah, like I, how could he come back from this? Yeah, it's crazy. I mean, I didn't want to tweet about it because it was just like, all right, yeah. everybody's like celebrating the guy or whatever, and then getting into insane debates about where does he rank in the pantheon of quarterbacks? Right, blah blah blah. Right. Whatever. <laughs> I mean, I, I don't really care about any of that, but like. I, I did think to myself, I'm like, man, I'm old enough to remember when he was going to be the savior of the Texans or the right. Broncos or whatever. It's just, I mean, it's been two after two years of essentially no play, 
this is what happens. The guy yeah. retires, and the thing is, though, it, it does sound like they have he has potentially left the door open uh, to coming back. I know Peter King has said that that door is open. You know, he even said never say never or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Of course, so we could see him come down from the uh, the booth uh, and then start playing again. You know, maybe next year or something like that. Hmm. But. I don't know. Dude, just just retire, man. Yeah. Just go out on a high horse, kind of, I guess. I don't know if this is considered being on a high horse, but, like, dude, your body's been through the ringer. Mm-hmm. Why? I Like, don't come back. You're probably... I don't know what his contract is with CBS, but he's probably getting paid oh, a I'm, handsome amount. I'm sure he's getting paid go, a boatload. Go play catch with your kids in the front yard and enjoy your life. Uh, big loser in this, though, is Phil Sims, who uh, is right. getting bounced for, for Tony Romo. Sorry, Phil. We got Tony now. I know. And Phil Simms' agent even put out a statement like, uh, we've got a lot of years left on our contract at CBS, so uh, something will be worked out or whatever. Damn. Like, oof. That sucks. <laughs> yeah. Poor Phil Simms. I, uh, I, you know, I mean, he's rough to listen to in the booth, that's for sure, but uh, he's the big big loser in this uh, in this scenario. I'm sure he'll figure something out. Yeah, I, I imagine so. But yeah. anyways, other news of the day. Um, Leonard Fournette weighed in at 228 pounds at his LSU Pro Day. Yeah, so that's he did say at the combine when he weighed 240, it was quote unquote water weight. Right. And then he still put up that great 40 time, like four five forty. Uh, so now he's down to 228. I don't know if there's any reports on how he tested at the pro day. Uh, oh, he didn't do any other drills. He just oh, he right. just weighed in. Yeah, he stood on the 40 time. I don't think he did any other agility drills or anything like that. But. Got it. Yeah, 228. I mean, that's a 12-pound difference. Like, he weighed huge. in at 240. Yeah, it's, it's a big, big deal. Uh, you know, he played this year. It was listed at LSU at 230. So, mm-hmm. you kind of – you kind of. I mean, he's definitely a big back. We, we get that. But you would hope that his uh, lateral agility and more explosiveness uh, type of type of ability is something that is going to help be helped by you losing a little bit of weight. I mean, 240 is quite big. Yeah, and he didn't do good in the vertical at the combine. So, maybe shedding some of that weight will, like you said, help his explosiveness. And I'm sure NFL teams like to see the lower weight number. Right. It just also shows like a commitment to, to training and, right. and all that. Because, I mean, it's certainly I think, you know, a few people probably had like raise an eyebrow at like, well, you know, you show up at 240 at like the biggest job interview of your life or right. whatever. Right. So this is good sign all around for Leonard Fournette, who probably will. It sure seems like he's going to be a top 10 pick. Yeah. In the NFL draft. So 100 percent. We'll see. Um, other big news of the day. Uh, GM John, John John Schneider of the Seattle Seahawks definitely is confirming that these rumors with Richard Sherman as a potential trade piece are legit, hmm. which seems shocking. But um, yeah, Richard Sherman on the block apparently. Wow, that's uh, that's a big shakeup for that Seattle defense. Yeah, he's been a staple since being a day three pick of theirs, and was you know really like a big a big win and kind of uh, you know this like you said the staple of the defense, but. He's 29 years old. Um, they have a lot of other players up for up for contract. Um, a couple of team, one team that's already reported to have interest is the Patriots because, of course. Oh my God! <laughs> Stop improving. Yeah, could you? Could, that's about enough. Stop improving. That's about enough. You won it. a Super Bowl. Right. Pump the brakes. But so they they've got interest <laughs> in him uh, if they do indeed deal Malcolm Butler, who is a restricted free agent who could sign with the New Orleans Saints and. Would, then they would have to give a first-round pick uh, back to New England for that. Got it. So Sherman on the block, I don't know. I, I would imagine that a lot of teams are going to be interested in him. Like I said, 29 years old, but still, you know, he had kind of a down season last year, but yeah. also it seemed like kind of the relationship 
you know, more, it was probably the it was more about his injury because he still was a very good cornerback. He just wasn't like the three best cornerbacks in the NFL. Right. I believe he was seventh uh, on my next gen stats top seven or six on my next gen stats top ten cornerbacks uh, in still, passer rating allowed. Still pretty good. Right. He's still an elite corner. He yeah. just you know was like it wasn't one of his best seasons, but given what his typical standard is. You know, it's, it's not really saying all that much. So I imagine there's going to be interest in him. You really throughout the league. You would think. Um, I mean, this is never going to happen, but it, he would be a great fit in like Green Bay. Oh, sure. They need cornerbacks. They need help they're, back there for sure. They're in a Super Bowl window. You know, deal a deal a second round pick or something for Richard Sherman. I would <gasps> imagine that. Can would you be, imagine him in a Packers uniform? That would be good stuff. Damn. And I mean, they play. Uh, they play more of a hard man defense. You know, they had like Ladarius Gunter shadowing Julio Jones in the divisional or the NFC Championship game, and that did not go so well. No, so no. <laughs> you can see why they would need a they would need a player like that. So it will keep an eye on that situation. Update you in future podcasts. Um, other news. Speaking of the Patriots. Oh man. Adrian Peterson meets with the Pats on Monday and left without a contract. Well. Well, of course. I mean, we talked about Adrian Peterson in episode one of our podcast here and called him a washed veteran. Well, he is washed. He's washed. But from <laughs> uh, like a fantasy perspective, if he signs with New England, I don't even really care if he's washed. I, he's still in like one of the most lucrative uh, fantasy roles that's out there. Yeah, it's just crazy to think like they got Rex Burkhead, they still got James White. Is Deion, Deion Lewis is still on the roster, right? Right. I think they it does. Uh, they have to make room. It does appear like. um, that they've kind of like soured on Deion Lewis, yeah. so it would seem like he had a rough. He did what didn't really do much at all last year. Then he right. fumbled in the Super Bowl, uh, then got hurt again in the Super Bowl, which wasn't serious. But I mean, he's super talented. I love Deion Lewis as a player, but it seems like they're kind of souring on him. Here's the the you know tinfoil hat conspiracy theory here of of the Adrian Peterson visit is that they're just trying to send a, a message to Legarrette Blunt, like lower your asking price, get on board, or we're going to move on. Whoa. No, but it, it does bring into question like does it do they really view Rex Burkhead as a feature back type of player? Right. Who knows? Um, I don't. Pats know. do things with with running backs, so you never know how they can transform a guy that you don't think fits in a certain role, and then you see him come out and destroy. So yeah, absolutely, I right. could see that happening with Burkhead, but I don't know. Yep. And then last piece of news, and this is pretty meaning, as meaningless as all of these news <laughs> items have been so far. Uh, Bears GM Ryan Pace uh, expects Kevin White to bounce back. Yeah. Well, Franchise, do you expect Kevin White to bounce back? No. 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 What did you say before the show about Kevin White? I said, what a waste of a draft pick. It's certainly, what I said. It certainly hasn't gone uh, gone so well. And I mean, they signed Mike Lennon uh, and Mark Sanchez. Yep. Like, what are you doing, Bears? Yeah, I don't know. What are you doing? There's nothing good going on there. Not a lot good going on in Chicago. Let, let me ask you this. Because, okay, so I I would far and away, and I think I might have mentioned this on a previous podcast episode, but I, I really like Cameron Meredith as a yeah. player and, yeah. and everything. Um, you know, he he's definitely somebody that's impressed me with whether it's some of his next gen stats data or his reception perception is pretty impressive. So, mm-hmm. uh, he's somebody that I like to lead the Bears in in all relevant receiving categories at this point. Um, you know, because all they've done is like bring in Marcus Wheaton, Gross, Kendall Wright, whatever, and then Kevin White. But so all in all, though, as you mentioned with the quarterback position there as well, it seems like it's going to be a really bad offense. 
What's yeah. your take on how that's going to affect Jordan Howard next year? Well, they were a bad offense last year, and Jordan Howard still kind of transcended that. That's that's kind of what I've been going on this whole free agency season because uh, this is this has been brought up a bunch mm-hmm. of times. Like, I think Howard is a, a kind of back who can catch passes. He can be out there on third downs if they're if they're losing and you know need to eat up chunks of yardage. He can be that pass catching back. And we saw him transcend a horrible, you know, situation last year and had, what, like six or seven straight games with 100 yards and scored a bunch of touchdowns. And Mm -hmm. I think, I mean, you know, it's not an ideal situation, but I think he can transcend it. And, you know, maybe he's not going to be a top 10 fantasy back if he's in such a bad situation, but I think he'll be a high-end RB2, like, at worst. So if I can... You know, play devil's advocate sure. uh, there on that is that that sounds an awful lot like what people said about Todd Gurley last year. Right. Yeah, he succeeded on a bad offense in his rookie year. You know, he's transcendent, yada, yada, yada. And I think everybody would widely agree that, I mean, obviously you look at their draft pedigree, that Todd Gurley is a superior talent, quote unquote, to uh, Jordan Howard. Yes. But still fell victim to a horrific. Uh, sophomore season from an efficiency and overall effectiveness standpoint. So I think that, I don't know, for me, rubber rubber meets the road franchise. Where would you take Jordan Howard in a fantasy draft? Have you done any, like, mocks or NFL 10s at all? I have not. Me either. I've been just studying prospects. Yeah, I've had no interest in doing it at all, but just for for conversation's sake. I haven't. But I feel like when last season ended, like, Jordan Howard was being discussed as maybe an end-of-first-round pick maybe in a 12 team league so he was like a fringe first rounder but now like with all these moves the bears are making it's hard to be optimistic about this situation you'd think they would improve their team it feels like they're making it worse Mm -hmm. like they had at least they had alshon jeffrey last year right like he's a talented guy to to open up the offense and you know draw some attention so that's probably going to make a difference they don't have him anymore uh but I don't know. I've, I don't know what Jordan Howard's ADP is. So right now. second, would you would you take him? Would you take him in the second round? Probably like mid mid early or late. Probably like mid second round. All right. So I'm just pulling up uh, the ADP on Fantasy Football Calculator right now, which is you know whatever. Um, so he is currently the sixth running back off the board, behind obviously David Johnson, Le'Veon Bell, Ezekiel Elliott, Lashawn McCoy, and Melvin Gordon. Right. So that's take all those guys ahead of him. Yeah. Okay, and then and he's currently sixth running back off the board at first round, tenth overall pick in, out of a twelve team league. Right behind him, you have Devonta Freeman, Demarco Murray, Jay Ajayi, Todd Gurley, Lamar Miller, Carlos Hyde, and Mark Ingram are all second round picks. Would you take any of them ahead of Jordan Howard? I'd probably take uh, Devonta Freeman and maybe Demarco Murray ahead of him. Mm. Not Jay Ajayi. Mm. I think I would take it. I, I would, would probably do a Jai too. Yeah. Yep. I would yeah. take a Jai. I really. I mean, I've always been like a big Jai fan, and uh, I think obviously his production was a bit more sporadic last year. Yeah. Um, there were issues on the offensive line and all these things. Definitely, and and maybe that is, you know, maybe that's solved this year. Maybe it's not. But uh, I like the potential for those big boom games. I also just trust. I trust the Dolphins' offense more right now at this yeah. point. You yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's the, like. That that would be the tiebreaker for sure. Yeah, I mean Ryan Tannehill's still like the raisin brand of uh, of quarterbacks, 
like he's you know he's he's good at, he's he's our like he's fine uh there's definitely some cereals i would prefer to eat over raisin bran he'll keep you regular right yeah i get the you know he'll keep you regular he'll keep you at like seven to nine and nine and seven something like that you know I mean, that's that's what you're getting with uh with the ryan Tannehill there but yeah he's, he's the raisin bran of quarterbacks but that's better than uh in my opinion that's better than mike glennon yeah who might be like the i don't, I don't know like what's a really crappy cereal Mm. Corn pops? Oh yeah, corn pops suck. What are those, dude? They I taste don't like know. cardboard. I like. Are there any corn pop truthers out there? <laughs> come at us. Yeah, five, we gotta go find them. Yeah, all five of the corn pops truthers come hit our mentions on this. <laughs> yes, I picked a good crappy cereal. No, that is a good one. It I does. Was, it tastes like cardboard. Why would you eat it? See, because I was gonna, I was gonna suggest like a cereal, but. Mine would actually be probably something that people like, and I'm not trying to drop a hot food take right now because wow. that would really just take up the rest of the podcast. So, but so to get back to what we were saying, so Mike Lennon is like is like corn pops, and yeah. Ryan Tannehill is raisin bran. Yeah, well, at least raisin bran is healthy for you. Yeah, I get like I get the Ish. point of raisin bran, right? Uh, and it's not, <laughs> I don't know, it tastes okay. I'm not a bit. I hate raisins, but well, that's half the cereal, bro. Yeah, but the bran part's okay. <laughs> Yeah. All right. You uh, have a point. All right. And so, but the but back to the subject line: Todd Gurley, Lamar Miller, Carlos Hyde, Mike, Mar, eh, my, my, Carlos Hyde, Mark Ingram. All those guys definitely after. Yeah, I would probably take Howard over all okay. those guys. Yeah, I think that's, I just like what he did last year. I thought he was great. I mean, he played on film. He was great. Mm-hmm. Uh, every pretty much metric would say he was great. Uh, you know, just. I think the low. I think the floor is pretty low there. Yeah, luckily it's kind of it's kind of like uh, like what Carlos Hyde was like coming into last season, right? Because talented cause, back, yeah, bad every, offense. Everyone knew the Niners were going to just be terrible, and he got the volume. And he what was he like an RB two, like yeah. a, maybe a low end RB two. So I feel like maybe that's where or what we're looking at for Howard heading into this fantasy draft season. I'll tell you what, man. Some of these running back ADPs are gross. I don't really want to take any of those guys, to be quite honest with you. But like I said, I haven't really dug into uh, dug into fantasy that much. But It's going to be tough. Anyways, yeah, so good good chat on, on Jordan Howard there. Let's see, that's, that's a little spinoff from a boring news segment. I like it. Um, we, we got there from Kevin White. See, thanks, Kevin White. Maybe you will bounce back. Probably not, though. Probably not. But he, at least he inspired a nice little debate. Yeah. Okay, so... Next segment here, building our offensive rookie board. Uh, right. Last week, we did 1 through 12. And, and just to recap, one, our order, but also what the objective is here. Uh, we're not necessarily putting together like a, a dynasty ranking right. or anything like that. But we are just looking at offensive skill position players because it's really what we've looked at. We're also not really talking about quarterbacks because, in my opinion, just completely different thing. Yeah. So we're looking at running backs, tight ends, and wide receivers. Yep. Um, and so it's, but it's essentially just a who's good at football sort of ranking. So we had O.J. Howard at number two in our last in our last week. That doesn't necessarily mean we would take him number two overall in a dynasty draft. Right. It just means we think pure talent, pure talent, or whatever. Right. So our the one hip, the hipster big board. Exactly. So yeah. our hipster rookie big board. So last week one through twelve we had just to recap: Corey Davis number one, uh, O.J. Howard. Joe Mixon, Dalvin Cook, Leonard Fournette, Christian McCaffrey, John Ross, David Njoku, Chris Godwin, and Mike Williams, Evan Ingram, and Carlos Anderson. Yeah. So this week we'll really this is and those guys I feel like maybe towards the end you know whatever 
not all that fascinating, but this is where we're really going to get into it because this is you know kind of like where your my guys sort of come in. Yeah, sleepers, if you will. Right. Like uh, so, we'll we'll get into this one here. So, who do you think should be our thirteenth overall prospect? Well, I had him in my top five running backs last week, but we left him out of our top twelve on the big board because you were so uh, against it. But I think you mean I've, I was I was correct in my analysis. No, you were incorrect. So we're talking about Donta Foreman here out of Texas. Uh, he's a big punishing type of back. Uh, he weighs about 235. He ran a 4.540 at his pro day at 235 pounds, which is extremely impressive. I think he's a complete back. He didn't have a ton of receptions last season, only seven. Uh, but th- it doesn't mean he can't develop in that aspect in the NFL. Uh, a lot of people say his reception totals are one of his, his weaknesses. But, you know, I think there's always room to, room to develop more skills. He had at least 100 rushing yards in every game last season. He had over 300 carries. He's a workhorse. He had 51 rush attempts in a single game last year, which is insane. 51 rush attempts. Uh, I think on tape, I liked his patience. He had like a good balance of patience, and he hits the holes with conviction. There's a defender there. He plows through him. Uh, he had impressive long speed that I saw on tape, um, and he slimmed down from his playing weight last year. So hopefully he's in even faster, which kind of came through at his 40 time. Uh, he's got deceptively quick feet, uh, and is by CBS Sports, he's projected as a fourth-round pick in the NFL draft. Uh, for So for a team who needs a big, powerful bell cow type back, I think he's going to be a great value. Is and, it fair to say that he's kind of a LeGarrette Blunt type of runner? And, I, in my opinion, I would not compare him to LeGarrette Blunt. Okay, well, I'm and I like LeGarrette Blunt. I mean, I've always been a LeGarrette Blunt guy. Uh, so I'm not necessarily saying that that's just, a bad thing. Just because they're both big? I mean, they're both big. I don't know. So, okay, here's why I'd, I'm going to argue that Foreman should not be our 13th prospect. Okay. Man, you just keep pushing him down. <laughs> just keep kicking me while I'm down, bro. I'm just saying. Okay, All so. Right, go ahead. Foreman, yeah, he's big, he's fast, whatever. Uh, I kind of question, you know, what do you question? I question the, how he accumulated his production because okay. Texas runs a real wide open offense in the uh, in the in the in the in their in their scheme. Like he's getting a lot of wide open lanes to run through. Sure, you know, gets to meet more defenders in the open field. I don't know. Can he really work from like a more bunched up formation where defenders are going to be able to crash and hit him more towards the line of scrimmage? I don't know. That would be my question. Um, if I was going to put somebody at our thirteenth overall prospect, mm-hmm. here's a little twist for you. Wide receiver convert to tight end Bucky Hodges out of Virginia Tech. Whoa, man, that came out of nowhere. That came out of nowhere. Holy God! But I've been—I have not charted this guy for reception perception. But and so here's the thing with Bucky Hodges: he played wide receiver. He played mostly like X receiver. Okay. At Virginia Tech, you know, outside split end, uh, but. He's six six two fifty seven. Holy so, God! I don't think he's gonna. I, I I would imagine it's gonna be <laughs> a chore for him to play split end in the NFL. I would imagine he's gonna transition to like a move tight end or a big slot receiver, which I th- where I think he could be really dangerous. He's got great ball skills. I've, I have watched some of his film, but I have mm-hmm. not actually gone. Like I said, haven't charted him for reception perception. I haven't decided if that's something I'm gonna do or not. Um, Maybe he can be an outside receiver because, he, like I said, he's great in the contested catch game. But just let's talk. You talk about athletic numbers. So sure, obviously he's sure. he's huge, 
But for from tight end for a tight end percentile, this comes from mock draftable. Yeah. His broad jump, ninety eighth percentile at 134 inches his vertical jump 39 inches 96th percentile his 40 yard dash 457 91st percentile this guy is a certifiable freak oh my god so i think he's all right you sold me (laughs) (laughs) that's insane he's a weapon i don't know where he's gonna play but i think some smart coach is gonna get their hands on him and They'll figure it out. Like I said, he's obviously he can obviously ball. You you see that, but the question is just again, where do you play him? But I'm not too concerned about that. I no. think a smart coach figures out. People will figure it out. Yeah, I think that's our 13th overall prospect. Uh, all right, and we'll put Foreman at 14. I guess. Yeah, all we're right. putting Foreman at 14. He's not slipping any further. I mean, I totally would put my next receiver over him, but whatever. So we're calling Hodges a tight end. A tight end, I guess. We'll put tight end question mark. Okay. That's that's hipster to put on our little chalkboard there. Tight end? Pass catcher? Sure. I like that. Pass All right, catcher. so 14th overall, I guess. Put your guy Foreman in there. Come on, he's one of my guys, so just let me do it. Fine, all right. Yeah, geez. Sometimes you just got to let the kid do it, do it, do what he needs. I mean, if you don't have strong takes, you get bullied around here. Yeah, well, yeah, you kind of let me bully you around last podcast. I did. I got bullied around last week. Yeah, that was a soft performance by you, bro. So now I'm coming in hot. I got takes. Fine. All right. You're soft. (laughs) All right. Uh, I'm hard body. (laughs) Let's not get into that again. You're ripped, bro. All right. (laughs) All right. So who do you want to talk about? 15th overall prospect. So my next two wide receivers are Taewon Taylor and Isaiah Ford. I really like Taewon Taylor because you look at him. He's about 5'11", 200 pounds. He's really explosive in the open field, in my opinion. You you look at his reception perception, he has an above-average success rate versus man and press coverage. Now, obviously, he played in a smaller conference, but... You know, I, I, he dominated the competition there. It was really strong yep. in production and also just, like I said, on film, quantifying that with reception, perception, great metrics there. Uh, I wrote about him, on, and you can find that at receptionperception.com, and one of the things I talked about in that article was not only is he great at route running and great in as an explosive player in the open field, but he's also has a really strong contested catch conversion rate score, 76% well above the uh, two-year prospect average. So he's somebody that I think can be more of a complete player than just kind of a gadget small receiver guy. So I think he's our 15th overall player. Uh, and unless you have any arguments, we're putting him on the board. All right. Just, just go. Just do it. You don't have any, do you have any takes? Do you have any competitors? Who would, who would be? Who's your next ranked running back? Uh, Samaje P. Ryan out okay, of Oklahoma. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm not even going to hear an argument about that. What? Whatever. P. Ryan is is, is fine. I, I kind of like him a little He'll bit. He'll destroy you, bro. Well, he he is like many people say With his he, muscles because he's, he's the, strong he, as hell. He's the poor man's Matt Harmon. Well, a lot of people I, have I, said that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You said that. No. Yeah, you said that. Yeah, but I've heard it from, you know, sources. I just think he's uh, getting overshadowed by all the Joe Mixon hype, whether it be positive or negative. And he had a, you know, he was very productive in Oklahoma as kind of the boom to Mixon's finesse style of running. I like uh, I like P. Ryan a little bit, but He's I think... smooth, man. The thing with P. Ryan, though, is his tape from 2015. He, he, it looks like he put on some pounds between the 2015 and 2016, and he looks a lot better like two years ago on tape, and I think the weight that he added has slowed him down a little bit. Um, 
Well, do you think he's do you think he's athletic enough to be a starter in the NFL? I do. I think all the guys I'm talking about today are you think they can NFL be starting starting caliber or maybe at worst like a one B like, like the leader of a committee or whatever. Yeah. Okay. Well, so looking at some of P Ryan's athletic measurables, yeah, the only place that he came in above the thirty. For, well, t- t- he never came in above the 40th percentile on mock draftable in any uh, metrics, except the bench press. Yeah, I think he set the record with 30 reps. 98th percentile, so I think he was. I think he might have been close to Jarek McKinnon, who I think is the one that has the record. What? But anyways, he repped 30 at, uh, and he's huge. I mean, P. Ryan, like you said, he's ripped. He's got a. He's a bulldozer, dude. He just will just. I mean, if you if you Google him, it, it is like. Uh, yeah, Jerick McKinnon, by the way, 32 reps what? on the bench press. And also, just again, to show you what a what a crazy thing that is, like McKinnon, 209 pounds, arm length 30 and a quarter inches, Samaj P. Ryan, 230 and 30-inch uh, 30, 30 arms, 30 yeah. and 38 inch arms. So He's much bigger. Yeah. McKinnon's but, a freak show, man. Oh, God, I really hope he wins the job over Latavius Murray. Let, let no, Jarek McKinnon be great. They don't want to. But the thing with P. Ryan is, like, everyone talks about, oh, the bench press isn't, like, relevant to NFL ability. But the thing with him is he puts it he puts it to work on the field. Like, he goes out there and knocks guys around with his upper body because that's – you Google – I did a Google image, image search for Samaj P. Ryan, and the third thing that came up was a, a photo of him, like, with his guns, like, his, his biceps – flexing his biceps, and the, mm-hmm. the subject was just muscles. <sighs> Yeah, I guess that doesn't show up when you Google me. But if we're talking about pure, well, it might eventually. Yeah, I think it's just like keep working, bro. Computers keep keep grinding. You're right. You're right. You're right. You're right. But if we're talking about pure athleticism and percentiles and whatnot, then your guy is probably more athletic. Than I think Taewon Taylor can be more of a difference maker at the NFL than P Ryan. But I'm fine having P Ryan right after. Okay. Because I think he's like a fine third round pick. In the NFL draft. Okay. Yeah. He's, CBS has him projected as fourth round, which, I mean. Either way, whatever. It's crazy how deep this class is, man. Yeah, man. We get, we start talking about uh, we start talking about tight ends, too. I mean, there are so many interesting tight ends to, to come out of this class as well. But, yeah, running backs as well. So, I, I like. So, we'll go Taewon Taylor at uh, at 15 and then Samaji P. Ryan at 16. Sure. Am I out of order there? Or no, that's correct. No, that's cool. You yeah. let you finally let me put Foreman at 14, so I'll, I'll let you get Taylor in there. Whatever. Um, all right, so my next receiver next is Isaiah Ford, another Virginia Tech guy. Okay. Ford's fascinating because he's not somebody, like, in Dynasty rookie mocks that I've seen, he goes pretty consistently in the third round. Um, I think he's probably a day two selection in the NFL draft. Didn't have a great combine um, in terms of his 40-yard dash. He ran a 4.61, which, you know, from a receiver is certainly not what you want to see. No, that's terrible. Yeah, but he did improve He did improve on that in his at, at his pro day. And I know that's, like, kind of making excuses, but... Um, he did go out and have a four. He ran a four five at his pro day, so a little bit better. He did test well in the broad jump, where he jumped 127 inches, which is the 80th percentile per mock draftable. But he's like a, a thin kind of guy, six one, 194 pounds. But you look at his reception perception, the second best success rate versus man coverage score that I ever ha- that I've charted over the last two years, only to Sterling Shepard. Um, 
where he's really impressive is his success rate versus press coverage, where he was pressed 94 times, which is the most I've had over the last two years, uh, and his success rate was in the 88th percentile. So overall, I think he's just a good, like, I don't think he offers a ton of dynamicism after the catch. I don't think he's like, he's just about an average contested catch guy, but I think in the NFL, there's always going to be a place for these solid uh, separating receivers, and that's why I like him so. Okay. He's my guy there. Do you have any arguments to put one of your squares on the board? Dude, they're not squares, bro. They're sleepers. Sure. Well, the next guy on my list, he didn't he didn't test well at the combine. He improved at his pro day, like you said, making excuses. Sure. Like do NFL teams like what when they're like, oh, a guy did this at the combine, but then he did this at his pro day. I like, think they which number do they go I think with? they generally just go with the combine because it's all things are equal at the combine. Right. You know, it's a more neutral environment than the pro day. I mean, typically everybody improves on at their pro day. So. Yeah. All right, then I'm making excuses for Jamal Williams at a BYU. Who's he's a first running back I watched this off season, and I just fell in love with him and was like, yo, this this guy is good. Uh, I love his toughness and his balance through contact. He. Always needs to be gang tackled, pretty much. He's, it takes an army to bring him down. He's always kind of like throwing guys off of him with his arms. Uh, his awareness stood out to me. He's always his head is always up. Uh, he can change hands with the ball on the, on the run without breaking his stride uh, or speed. And ball security with him uh, is not an issue. I don't think he fumbled once last year. Thing with Dante Foreman, I think he had six fumbles last year, so that's a red Great. flag. Great, six, six, and he's our fourteenth prospect. Cool. Yeah, sip okay. your tea. Uh, but with Jamal Williams, ball security is not an issue. Like I said, he improved on his forty time at his pro day. He ran a four five three. He also bested his vertical by three inches from the combine. Um, he's kind of like a power finesse back, if that makes sense. Uh, he's got good size for pass blocking. One thing that also stood out for me on tape is he doesn't give up on a play when even when he's like not the ball carrier, or he's pass blocking or whatever. He goes till the whistle blows. He uh, there was one instance where he missed a pass block and he ended up on the ground and got back up and chased the guy down again before the the quarterback threw the ball away. So that stood out to me as a little hashtag grit. Mm. Well, I'll tell you what, our, our our buddy Matt Waldman shouts to him. Uh, it is officially RSP week. He released the RSP on April 1st. Insane. I know. If you're not familiar with the RSP, uh, it's a great scouting. It's the rookie scouting portfolio that he puts together every year. It's like 1,600 pages. Yeah, and most of that is his notes because he just shows you all of his work. It's, yeah. a, it's a really incredible piece of knowledge. If you do dynasty fantasy football or if you just like the NFL draft or you want to learn how to scout better, mm-hmm. check out matt waldman's rsp uh we're not even getting paid uh, to say that so no, waldman's just follow him on twitter yeah waldman's a good friend of mine and he likes jamal williams yeah he does and so, i saw that when i got the rsp i was like oh whew, I'm, not, always, I'm not crazy because it is always nice to see i think i think matt and i actually are, are kind of in, in disagreement on some wide receivers this year so which will be interesting to hash out but there's a uh, lot of that going on this year it's, it's there's a lot of different opinions on all these positions no doubt but i, I think it, i'm cool with putting jamal williams at, at 17 okay and, then we can do Ford at uh, 18. Okay, sweet. But after that, I am going to make an argument for a player I don't even like all that much at the wide receiver position, but or at least I don't like as much as uh, consensus, and that's Juju Smith, Juju Smith Schuster out of USC. Uh, I feel like we have to end his fall here at 19th overall on our big board. Okay. So Juju is 
he's he's young. He turned, I believe, he turned twenty uh, in November. So guys that like age adjusted production in terms of evaluating prospects love Juju Smith Schuster because mm-hmm. he's young. He had an incredibly productive. Uh, sophomore season his junior season took a step back a little bit but still overall I think he scored double digit touchdowns didn't break a thousand yards but I'm my question with Juju is just how much of a ceiling is there um you know he's 6'1 under 220 pounds but like his reception perception leaves a lot to be desired he's got an above average success rate versus press coverage but if you look throughout the route tree he only separates on a few routes definitely not a vertical threat uh he tends to like lose separation the longer he goes uh, in the route, which is why he has a below average success rate versus man coverage score. So I'm, I just don't think like for me, a, like a positive comparison for him is like uh, Devonte Adams, who is like whatever as a receiver, but can be productive with a good quarterback mm-hmm. and, and when he's not asked to do too much. Right. Um, and then maybe like a lower end comparison is our boy Kamar Aiken. Okay. Well, we both like Aiken, but would you spend a second round NFL draft pick on Kamar Aiken? No way. I don't know about that. So that, I think he's a fair placement here on our on our board. I I'm not the biggest Smith Schuster fan. I'm sure people will have a problem with the fact that he fell this low, but uh, here we are. Right. He's a hipster board. What do you want? Yeah, hipster board. The fact that he's so young though is one of his the draws. Yeah. So I want you to talk about your next running back here because I actually I like this guy. All right, let's do it. As a sleeper. Uh, I'm talking about Jeremy McNichols out of Boise State. So uh, Take the floor. Tell us why we should like this. He's 5'9", 214 pounds. His workload in 2016 was, like, off the charts insane. 314 carries and 37 receptions. There he was on that Jay Ajayi plan from Boise State. I mean, when, when Ajayi was the starter there, he got pummeled with touches, too. Oh, but Ajayi can't catch passes, you guys. Get out, again. Of here. Get out of here. <laughs> yeah, so same school, right? Yep. And uh, the thing – so, yeah, his workload was insane. He had a two-game span uh, where he had 40 and 30 carries in a two-game span, which is just nuts. The thing about him that I saw on tape that I liked is that he's efficient with his runs and, like, his directional awareness. He's always kind of straight lining to the hole. He's not, like, wasting field on his runs. Um, he's He's got speed. He ran a 4 4 9 40. And he kind of reminds me of Darren Sproles a little bit. He's bigger. Hmm. Darren Sproles, I think, is 5'6". This kid's 5'9". Just, the, like, his style of running, he's like a little bullet. He's been compared to uh, Ray Rice, so if you think like he's compact and it, like all of his power comes out of this little, just like a little bullet, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, and his workload as a pass catcher, thirty-seven receptions. So that's the same number of receptions that Christian McCaffrey had in twenty sixteen, but Christian McCaffrey had sixty-one fewer carries. So everyone's freaking out about McCaffrey's uh, uh, workload is versatility. Too, yeah, okay, versatility, but he, you know. This kid is, is much tougher, Jeremy McNichols. Um, I, I think he can make an immediate three-down impact in the NFL, and I think he's going to be a legit steal in redraft leagues because he's going to fall. He's going to be buried behind all these other guys, all these other guys that have all the hype at the top. Like, it, if this draft class at the running back position wasn't so top-heavy, all four of these guys I just talked about I think would be at least a round higher in their draft pro- projection. I think they can all, they're all NFL starting caliber running backs. Yeah, I like McNichols uh, from what I've seen of him, yeah. uh, from what I've heard about him. And ma- mainly just because, like you said, I-, I always like a good pass catcher. I think that offers them, you know, 
direct path to playing time right away and you know eventually they can grow on beyond that but you know I think McNichols obviously offers you know this is not like a one-to-one comparison but similar with David Johnson like the hope was you know gets on the field as a receiver and then grows as a runner because it's so many so many people said coming out of college like David Johnson's not a good runner he doesn't know how to run inside he runs upright right doesn't have good running instincts whatever that means and (laughs) they uh, were wrong and here we are a few years later and yeah that was a bit of a bad analysis but so uh yeah no I think I think that's what's exciting about a guy like McNichols is he can jump into the NFL right away as pass catcher and hopefully grow on beyond that yeah and he can do it all so I I mean yeah I like him as our as our number we'll uh, put him at 20 after Juju yes that works for me he's definitely like a date probably go probably what like goes on day three as a sleeper type of player yeah all right but I think he could be a starter immediately Okay, so who's your next running back? Do you have strong takes on him? Because I, I like this next receiver that I have here. Okay. My, well, my next running back is going to be Alvin Kamara as much as I Which don't. is quite a fall for Kamara because he's a potential first-round pick. I okay, know. Why don't I, you explain to the how, people? How is he a potential first-round pick? He had like 105 carries two seasons in a row. He's a scat back. He tested amazingly at the combine, which is why I put him where I put him here because athletically he's kind of a freak. Uh, 39 and a half inch vertical jump, 131 inch broad jump. That's 92nd and 97th percentile according to mock draftable. Uh, four, five, six, forty. Uh, I believe he was the highest tested spark athlete at the NFL scouting combine. Right, that's why he 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 set fires after his combine performance. But he's 5'10", 214. But I just don't see with his workload history in college. I don't see. I think he had forty something receptions last year, so he's a good pass catcher. But I don't see him coming into the NFL and being an early down guy. I kind of see him as like a Duke Johnson type who had a lot of hype around mm-hmm. his draft season, and then comes in. Yeah, like the Browns aren't the best landing spot for a rookie running back, but he's been surpassed by an undrafted free right. agent, Isaiah Crowell, and Duke Johnson like hasn't really done much. Mm-hmm. So I think there's a lot of hype around how athletic he is in Kamara's case but I don't see him making an impact as you know a a lead primary running back in a committee or in fantasy yeah that's a fascinating comparison being Duke Johnson because not only has Johnson not taken the reins as the primary running back but he's been like just okay as Mm -hmm. a pass catcher he hasn't like necessarily been one of the most dynamic players in the league whereas I thought people people kind of sounded like he could be like a Brian Westbrook type of talent. He's right. not been that. No. See, I, I would like Kamara, the idea of Alvin Kamara if he was going to be, you know, a late second round or a third round pick. Sure. But the fact sure. that, you know, you've had Charles Robinson of Yahoo report that he could even be the first back off the board. What? Like, I doubt, I, I doubt that ends up happening. No way. But just the fact that, obviously, if that information's out there... It means that some team really must like him. There are whispers. There are whispers. I mean, if someone needs him for a specific purpose and they're going to plug him into that purpose, like sure. kind of how maybe how like what Seattle did with CJ Procise last year, they were like, we need our guy to catch passes mm-hmm. and they wanted to use him as a wide receiver. Like I can see a team doing that, but I don't see him rising among the ranks of this super talented running back class like sure. i just don't see it well it's so okay i i think kamara could fit into our into our rankings right at this spot or but let me tell you about my my next receiver all right go ahead and you can i'll let you decide who you think should be there because you know more about kamara than me so my next guy here is josh reynolds another matt waldman favorite speaking of the rsp 
Um, Reynolds is somebody I actually just charted this week, and I came away pretty impressed. I know there's some, uh, there's a lot of hype about him actually. I know Josh Norris, like I said, is Matt Waldman, another fan. Um, people do seem to like Reynolds now. His success rate versus man coverage, 71.1%. That is uh, above the 65th percentile. Success rate versus press, 67%, which is kind of you're getting close to the two-year average there. Um, his contested catch conversion rate, and this is actually interesting. And you, If you guys follow my work, you know I'm kind of obsessed with like our brain's inefficiency of watching film and being able to diagnose observational science and, and all of that. And I hear all the time, like, oh, Josh, Josh Reynolds, best ball skills in the class or, you know, that he's really great at high-pointing the ball. A 64% uh, success rate or success rate on contested catches, which is fine. That's above the 50th percentile. It's above the two-year prospect average, but it's not a dominant score like a Chris Godwin or yeah. even a Carlos Henderson or Taiwan, or Taiwan Taylor have mm-hmm. higher conversion rates. Uh, so, but I do, but the thing with Reynolds is, like, he makes some spectacular contested catches, and that's my point about, like, your brain is emphasizing those moments, but not necessarily putting into context with everything that he does. But solid prospect, also really good after the catch. Uh, he was only dropped on first contact of, on 35.7% of his in-space attempts, which I chart as plays where a player has an opportunity to break a tackle. So, frequently makes the first and sometimes even second defender miss. So, Solid prospect all around. Uh, one comparison that I've I've heard other people make, and you know, uh, is Marvin Jones. Okay, I think he's kind of like that. He actually, honestly, is so much like Marvin Jones. It's a little eerie. So he's one player that I I think could fit in there. But do you think, from the sounds of what I just said, do you prefer Reynolds or do you prefer Kamara? I don't know. I feel like they're on the same uh, they're same on the same level here. I feel like maybe Kamara just because he he just blew blew up the combine. Right, he's such a freak athlete. Yeah, and he's like so high on all these other boards, which I don't agree with. But it's there's got to be some kind of reason for this. I mean, we're already so what, we're already t- we're already hipsters uh, for having him as low as we do. So I mean, we don't have to try too hard or anything like that. I know. So I mean, I guess for me, the tiebreaker would be. The, the measurables at the combine. Right. And for context, uh, Josh Reynolds, 6'3", 194 pounds. Big dude. Had 124 broad inch broad jump, 75th percentile. Um, his 40-yard dash was 4.52, which is just okay. Uh, his vertical jump, of course, 37 inches. That was the 72nd percentile. So he's a solid athlete as well. Yeah. All right, but I, I think we go – I think we go Kamara. I think Kamara is Kamara the and better Reynolds. athlete – and again, he's a he's a receiving back. We just talked about why receiving backs have just an easier transition to the NFL. Right. So he's a, he's a guy I think we should go with there. Okay. So that puts us at 22. So then we put Reynolds. Reynolds, yeah. Reynolds so Kamara's at 21 and Josh Reynolds is at 22. All right. So then we got two more picks here before we finish the second part of our big board. Um, I'm looking at the tight ends we have right now. Um you know, these are guys like Gerald Everett, Adam Shaheen, Jordan Leggett, Jake Butt. Uh, uh, but, yeah, no, we're, I mean. We're getting into the deep yeah, nitty-gritty I, I, Like, here. none of those guys I like better than the receivers that I have. Um, I know but there's some big fans of Adam Shaheen out there. Um, but he's a little, you know, he's whatever to me. He's like a Division two player. Um, so, I, I think we visit some of your who's, – who's another running back that you like in this area? I think Marlon Mack. Is, uh, Ooh, I like I like that call. I think it's about time to drop him down on this list. All right, dude, I'm down. I like I'm not actually I'm not gonna fight you at all on that because I like Marlon Mack. Yeah, he's actually uh, 
pretty high on some boards. I think he's like a second or third round draft projection. He's another receiving back specialist. As yeah, well. he's he's a, a good receiving back. He didn't have a huge workload. Um, I think he had like 170 carries last year, mm-hmm. uh, but he had he also had like 28 receptions. And he's big. I think he's a. Uh, I thought he was six one. Uh, College Football Reference has him at six o two o five. Um, so he had 174 rush attempts, 1,100 yards, uh, 28 receptions last year. He scored 15 touchdowns for South Florida. Let me just pull up his uh, mock draft. Yeah, I'm pulling here. it up right now. So his broad jump is the most impressive thing he has, 89th percentile, 125 inches. Um, that's pretty exciting. His 40-yard yeah. dash is 4.5 at 213. That's pretty solid. Um, vertical jump, 64th percentile. Uh, that's that's not bad. So yeah, yeah def- pretty he's good. De- definitely, he's athletic. You can see he, when you watch him too; he's an athlete. He look yeah, and he looks on tape like he's mock draftable. Has him listed at five eleven. He looks like tall. You know how some backs are like tall, but they're thicker, so they don't look as tall. They look more stocky. Uh-huh. He looks kind of like. I guess I Maybe guess almost Darren McFadden-ish? Yeah. No, but McFadden looks a so slender. Well, so does Marlon Mack. Oh, okay, so that's what you're kind of that's saying. That's what I'm saying. He looks slender, so I don't know like how that will translate into the NFL, like how much power he can how much power he can produce, but if he can catch 30 passes in 11 games, I mean, that's there's some upside there. So Mock Draft also has like comparisons of players based on just simply based on their athletic measurables and right. His third highest comparable player is Jordan Howard. Right. And I think that, I think that's actually interesting too because I feel like of all these backs that has more of a complete skill set uh, is like you know we like McNichols we like Kamara but a guy that could go on day three and maybe has more running instincts to to get on the field you know if injuries occur much like a Jordan Howard I think Marlon Mack is kind of that guy so I, okay. I like him in this spot all right and then I think of the last guy on our list today should be Zay Jones out of East Carolina okay uh, Zay Jones uh, talk about this a surprise of the NFL scouting combine. Uh, Zay Jones came out and really blew up the combine, which to me is conf- like I, I wrote a reception perception on him and called him the most confusing prospect of the of the NFL draft this year in terms Weird. of the wide receivers because so he's six two two oh one comes out and runs a four four five that's a seventy first percentile broad jump ninety seventh percentile one hundred thirty three inches damn um, solid three cone at six seven overall just. Big-time athletic measurable, solid vertical jump as well, too. Um, but then you look at how he plays, he really only ran, like, three routes at an above-average rate. The dig, the curl, the slant, and the screen. So four if you count the screen, which is not really, but whatever. So it just gets a ton of production, those short manufactured touches on those routes. Um, now, I think he's a solid player, but I think he's a role player. I think he's a hybrid slot flanker type of guy. Um, so he's like a after the catch kind of guy. Yeah, but he's not that explosive after the catch. I mean, he only he averaged under twelve yards per reception in his career. Okay. Again, he's getting a lot of those short touches, but he just doesn't. He's not dynamic after the catch. He's, you know, his success rate versus man coverage score um, is right at the two-year prospect average at sixty-six point three percent. High success rate versus zone, but he gets eaten up against press coverage. Fifty-one percent success rate, which is. A really a, a poor score. Um, it's one of the lowest in this year's draft class. Uh, so he's not a guy that I think is going to win against outside tight man coverage. So I think, again, flanker on early downs, but primarily uh, a short area slot receiver. But overall, I, I like Zay June, Jones. He's just he's confusing to weigh 
a great pre-draft process to what he was as a collegiate player. Right. That's interesting, though. Do you think, like, there's a chance, given his, his measurables, like, I'm looking at player profiler right now. His measurables more are, to him. Dude, it's insane. Yeah, like, can he, do you think he can develop kind of like... Um, I mean, yeah, that's the thing. You can't deny that athleticism. That's, yeah. That's on, that's on record. But, you know, I mean, Cordero but, Patterson is a great athlete. Right, but I think, I mean, Zay Jones is a better... Receiver. Runner. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I don't I think that's that's the funny part is you watching him you wouldn't expect him to be a great athlete and especially based on how he was used. So I mean it's just quite but he's worth I think I think he's worth a day two selection in the NFL. You know, uh second maybe late second round, third round type of pick, but they're just receivers I like better than him. But this is the to me, just a side note, this is the strength of this receiver class is day two. Because hmm. all of the guys that we've talked about today, really even dating back to like Carlos Henderson from last round. I like all of those. I like all these players to, to go as second-round picks. You know, Henderson, Taewon Taylor, Isaiah Ford, Juju Smith-Schuster, Josh right, Reynolds, Zay right. Jones. All of those guys I think would be solid second- or third-round picks. So, again, that's really the meat of this draft. And I think all, all those guys have potentials to, to be, like, maybe high-end uh, number two wideouts. Yeah, that, that's basically the same vibe I get from this pack of, of running backs I talk about, except Alvin Kamara. They're all... I think they're all, like I said, starting caliber NFL running backs. And if there wasn't such t- skill at the top of the class, like they'd all be a round or two higher. But all these guys are projected like fourth round picks. So, cool. All right. Well, so let's recap our uh, big board. Sure. This week, um, starting at thirteen, right? Yeah, starting at thirteen, we have Bucky Hodges, tight end? Question mark. Pass catcher. Uh, Dante Foreman at fourteen. Taewon Taylor fifteen. Samaj P. Ryan, Jamal Williams, Isaiah Ford, Juju Smith Schuster, Jeremy McNichols, Alvin Kamara, Josh Reynolds, Marlon Mack, and Zay Jones. Awesome. Yeah. So uh, if you disagree, feel free to add us on Twitter. Um, also, we're doing videos now. Hey. So uh, you can we can subscribe to the Fantasy Hipsters YouTube page. Yep, gonna have that set up for for by the time this uh, this gets out there. Hopefully, the video might not be up, but the channel exists. The channel exists, and you can. <laughs> that's why you got to hit that subscribe button, right? And so you can get it when it comes out. Yes, you will be alerted when there's a hipsters video posted. And you can comment in the comment section and tell us, you know, uh, why we are not also why we not, are not only terrible people but uh, bad football evaluators. Oh, yeah, that's cool. that's true. Do it, do it. All right, so we're gonna take a quick break, uh, and on the other side, we will do our music and beer tips of the week. Sounds good. All right. All right, everybody, we want to remind you about the sponsor of today's show. It's the Duchamp's Grooming Company. Their vintage-inspired, handmade grooming products for the modern-day man are incredible. They have a fantastic beard oil and beard balm to get your facial hair looking just right. They also have a hair wax to make you look stylish as, as all get out, or even a little bit of lip balm there that's scented very nice. Now, for the ladies out there, if you still want to grab some products from them, which we encourage you to do so, they have plenty of kits to get your loved ones a present. All these handmade products are awesome. I use them every day. I have them in my pocket right now. They even have a signature scent. Um, you can find all this stuff at the online shop at www.duchampsgroming.co. That's duchampsgrooming.co. They have an online shop and follow them on Instagram, Duchamps Grooming Co., and on Twitter at Duchamps Groom Co. Find them, follow them, retweet them, and buy their stuff. All right, let's get back to the show. 
All right. Well, welcome back, everybody. I'm uh, thirsty, dude. Yeah, you know what? We decided for the second half of the podcast, we've got some beers. In a few minutes, we'll be we'll be talking about some beers. So uh, we're gonna we're, we're just, gonna be we're gonna be drink. We're just gonna open them now because I'm I'm parched. I mean, listen, it's two fourteen here in the PM on the West Coast. It's early, good enough for a beer. Cheers. Cheers. <laughs> ah, drinking good. it. Wow, that's good. Oh, this is the one that we talked about last week, the Fresh Squeezed Deschutes IPA. Yeah, shouts to Brandon, our last uh, interview from episode five. Uh, he highlighted that beer, so I went out and got some last night. Deschutes. And uh, yeah, it's good stuff. Can, can confirm is good. Uh, we won't talk about the beer that I'm drinking yet, because we'll be talking about that in, uh, in our next segment here. Cliffhanger. But this segment is sponsored. Franchise, you want to tell uh, the people who sponsor yeah. this segment? F- men's, men's Clothing Flag and Anthem sponsors this segment. Look, you're not trying to play it so safe that you're content just to fit in. You don't want to wear the same uniform as everyone else, but on the other hand, you don't want to look like you're trying so hard that you push the fashion envelope right off the table. You're comfortable being you. Flag and Anthem is subtle, smart, well-made style for the kind of guy who values hard work but also knows how to unwind and have a good time. Flag and Anthem makes clothing for guys who are too busy enjoying life to obsess about micro-trends, and they make classics that are always cool. I'm rocking one of the short sleeve button-ups right now. It's a little a linen blend. It's great for summertime. They got some of those on the website, flagandanthem.com. And just for listeners of the Fantasy Hipsters podcast, we have a special promo code. Just enter Fantasy Hipsters, one word upon checkout on your first order, and receive a ridiculous 25% off. They got new arrivals on the website right now. Go check it out. Restock your, your closet for summertime. Follow them, Flag and Anthem, on Instagram and Twitter, at Flag and Anthem CO. And they're also going to be doing some random sales on, on their social network. So make sure you follow them. Keep out, keep an eye out for the sales. And just remember, promo code FANTASYHIPSTERS, 25% off, flagandanthem.com. They've got new arrivals on the site. Dude, there's this one shirt that I like might buy right now. Oh, but I'm well, not going to tell you which one, though. If you, well, oh, you don't want the listeners buying it? Well, yeah, yeah. Oh, okay. I want to be the first, dude. I'm a hipster. Obviously, that no, that makes sense. Um, no, so uh, yeah, they're great stuff. Uh, use that promo code. Uh, but yeah, all right, franchise. We'll get into your music pick of the week. I'm excited to talk about this one because we we recently had a little Twitter back and forth about this band when I sent you a screenshot. That's right, we did. We had a, a, a and you I, slapped me in the face. I entered. <laughs> well. I introduced the Stronghold to this band uh, last season, and everyone seemed to uh, dig them. I mean, introduced. I had heard. Of, I, I had heard about them before. Before you showed it. True. Showed true. It so just, Stay true I, I'm just. I'm just saying. They are called Glass Animals. They have two full-length albums out. The first one was out in 2014, called Zaba. That's Z-A-B-A. Uh, their second album came out in 2016. It's called How to Be a Human Being. And I dug dug up some research. It's really cool. Their second album is a concept album um, that's supposed to be like a season of a show that you would binge watch on Netflix or something. Um, And the the third track on the album is actually called Season 2, Episode 3. So like Album 2, Track 3. And all the, the, the songs apparently 
are a collection of stories that the band heard from people while they were on tour for two years, touring for their first album. And uh, the lead guy, Dave Bailey, who is like a musical mastermind, he he writes the songs, he produces everything, and he plays guitar and sings. Mm. He kind of reminds me of Tom York a little bit. But this band, like, really cool vibes. Their first album is a little more laid back, like, put it on in the summertime when you're chilling at the pool. Uh, the second album is a little more upbeat, a little more rock. Uh, uh, seeing them live is a great experience. They they line the stage with fake palm trees, so it looks like they're playing, like, in Hawaii somewhere. They're obsessed with food. There's food themes throughout all their music, from pineapples to peanut butter uh, to mayonnaise. Ugh. They have a Peanut song. butter, gross. I know, sorry, buddy. There's a song on the first album called Goo- Gooey. Yeah, Gooey. That's, that's the first one I heard by them back which was in the day. Inspired by peanut butter. One oh, of the line is man. peanut butter vibes, and they have that on like yeah. t-shirts now and shit. That's a good but, point. Um, I gotta stop listening to that song. But the song that flagged that that raised your eyebrow is called Pork Soda. So there's more uh, there's more food for you. But you like well, that so, song. Yeah. Right? So when I tweeted you the screenshot of that, said, and I said that that's the best song from that album. Right, uh, right. Because, well, for me, it's a good like, it's a good running song. It's a good song to lift to. I mean, it right. is just pump it, up. It hits. The beat I mean, is like heavy. Yeah, it's definitely a good like I said, great song. Yeah. Uh, in the gym and all that sort of stuff. But yeah, total total pump up song. And I like the uh, like the other ones that that I know Marcus tweeted us back like season yeah. two episode he three likes that or one. GTFO. Right. Uh, which is yeah, that's a, it's a good one. Uh, but yeah, I, I just I love that I love that song, man. It's. It's it's really kick ass. Like I know they just released a radio version of right. it, um, so that's where I think it was. I heard it again for the second time recently on the on the radio, and I was like, yeah, that's what the song rocks. So yeah, I put it on my 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 playlist for the jet. But, but yeah, the, the debate we had on Twitter was you said you like that song, and then Marcus chimed in. He liked season two, episode three, which is basically about they wrote it about uh, a day like. Say you you take a sick day or something, you just lay on your couch all day and watch Netflix and like smoke cigarettes and eat old food. That's what that song is about. Um, cigarettes? N- no. Chilling on your couch and doing nothing all day but watching Netflix. Okay. And there's like video game sounds in the background. The music video for it uh, is really cool too. There's It's like a this chick on a couch and then it turns into a video game. Um, but so Marcus... Marcus Grant like that song I said my favorite song was called uh, Cane Sugar and then uh, another guy chimed in with a fourth song that he liked so basically the major takeaway from our conversation on Twitter is that the entire album is actually good right. you should listen to all of the songs yeah I think that was the big takeaway when you get a bunch of people saying like no this is the best song no this is the best song no this is the best song it's like yeah no maybe they're all good yeah so glass animals check them out online i'll put i'll add them to our spotify playlist called fantasy hipster picks go follow the playlist all the bands i've talked about on this podcast are on that playlist uh glass animals they're playing coachella and they're on tour all spring so go to their website find their tour dates grab some tickets and enjoy your life yeah nice wow i like it i like this pick your last few picks have been good um thanks so good stuff you you might know what you're talking about here so my beer of the week uh, I'm gonna, I think this is pronounced Akotango. Ako, it's, what do you think? You try to pronounce that. Akotango. It's, it's odd to see a Q without a U after it. Exactly. But anyways, so I saw this when I was up at BevMo uh, yesterday buying some beers for the show. And I was like, oh my god, this is the most hipster beer ever. And here's why. 
Why? It's bre- craft brewed with quinoa. What? Yeah, so quinoa, total superfood, now in your beer. Dude. So it's brewed with malt, quinoa, and hops to yield a unique beer that tastes great. It's crafted to remove gluten. So that, hey. Dude, that's awesome. That's for people who have like gluten allergies who yeah. can't drink beer. Now they can drink this. They can drink this. And you can really taste, you can like taste the quinoa a little bit too. It's 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 a fascinating like beer taste. I don't know if it's like huh. something I want to drink like five of, but it's definitely interesting. It's a good. It's an amber ale. This is and I I think they have other like a pale ale too or whatever. But yeah, this one in particular is their amber and it's pretty good. It's brewed out of a out of a, out of a, near the Bay Area, a little bit a little bit near Oakland. It looks like on the map. So cool. Um, another another California beer, but you know well, what, whatever. <laughs> uh, this is but it's, it's like I said, brewed with quinoa. I mean. Come on, that's that's awesome. Does that mean like after the gym you should drink one because it's got quinoa in it and quinoa has protein in it? That's a good point. Drink beer, get healthy. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, you're, yeah, yeah. You're, look, it's this I'm is on to something here. This is on my plan. I was right. eating some quinoa when you came over today. You were out of the bowl. I, yeah, exactly. So yeah. now now I was eating quinoa out of the bowl and I'm drinking quinoa out of my bottle. Cheers. Cheers. <laughs> All right, so quinoa let's quinoa out of a bottle. Quinoa out of a quinoa bottle. Quinoa smoothie. All right, beer. so. Let's get into our final section of the podcast, which, of course, is our listener questions. You guys can email the show, fantasyhipsters at gmail.com, to get your question answered. But before we get to that, we have to tell you that this segment of the podcast is also sponsored by Reality Sports Online. Listen, people, have you ever wished you could be an NFL general manager? Yes. Well, franchise, now you can, thanks yes! to Reality Sports Online, Woo! a powerful fantasy sports platform where owners get to build and manage their fantasy teams like an actual NFL GM. RSO was created by former NFL front office personnel, so you know it's legit, and features a revolutionary free agency auction, auction room, which mimics the actual NFL free agency process. It enables fantasy owners to negotiate and sign the NFL's top talent to single or multi-year contracts. The platform can host up to 32 teams, whoa, and has tons of other cool features in addition to free agency. Uh, test your general manager skills for free with our 14-day trial at realitysportsonline.com. If you like what you see, use the promo code HIPSTERS to receive a 10% discount on your team or league today. Fantasy just got real at realitysportsonline.com. Dude, now is tis the season for dynasty startups. Right, yeah. One Get of the on big it. things is they've got rookie drafts for dynasty. So uh, cool. So it's way cool. Franchise and I are in a league together at RSO. Um, fun stuff for us in in that league. We we personally endorse their uh, their site. So definitely check it out. Use that promo code Hipsters for a discount on uh, your team or league today. So awesome. Let's get to the mailbag. We will get. We got some got some great questions. Dude, yeah. This thanks, week. guys. So uh, for real. We'll try. We've been going. We're going a little long here, but I think that's fine for you guys. But we will. Uh, we'll try to. We'll just bleed, breeze through these. All right. Speaking of breeze, Adrian Co- Cochrane, 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 Cochrane. Sorry if we can't. Yeah, we'll butcher right. everybody's names. That's just. It is what it is. Look, we're drinking. Uh, dear hipsters, the New Orleans Saints offense has spent so many years, uh, pretty much being a three-man rotation on offense, of wide receivers uh, who was a random choice to go nuts. Example, last year was Cooks, Thomas, and Sneed. Early Breeze, Peyton, Eric Classics were Colston, Henderson, Moore, and Colston. Graham, I count him. Stills, with Cooks out the door, who becomes the third horseman in this group that is at least draftable in fantasy? Be called because we all know they're going to find someone. I know the answer. Do you? Who's the answer? Ted Ginn. 
Yeah. Uh, no, but that really is the answer. That's the answer. No, I think Ted, listen, people hate Ted Ginn because he drops passes, but he's been a really helpful force for the Carolina Panthers the last two years. I think he, he's not going to come in and replace Brandon Cooks' production, but he's going to be uh, that speed threat. Yeah. And with a quarterback like Drew Brees, look, he's going to have weeks where he absolutely pops, especially when they're at home, when they get into shootouts because their defense is probably still going to be bad because that's just the rules. Yeah. Um, but, look, I really love Willie Sneed this year. I think – I think where do you think – where do you think Michael Thomas is going to finish among wide receivers? Is finish? Yeah. He was top ten last year. Yeah, I think he's top ten again. This again, year. he'll no he'll question. do it again. I love Michael Thomas. I think Drew Brees so loves Michael Thomas. Yeah, he's so good. Um, and Willie Snead, I think, is in line for a big season. Um, I th- you know, he's one of a re- he's reception perception favorite, longtime guy. I've had my eye on, and I think this is the year he gets to gets to push 120 targets and becomes more of a consistent factor right. uh, from a that's, week-to-week standpoint. That's what I was going to say. I think I think Thomas and Snead are going to be the guys you can count on week-to-week, and then Ginn will be your kind of boomer bust. Yeah. You know, he'll, he'll put up a few goose eggs, but he'll also put up a few huge ones. No doubt. So our next question comes in, uh, Danny from Orlando, and he actually sent an audio question, so we're going to play that now. Uh, because this is something that listen, this is an initiative he took. It's not just an audio question. It's cool. He's a trend starter. Yeah, so we're gonna True hipster. we're gonna play that now. Hey hipsters, this is Danny from Orlando, digging the podcast so far. Came for the football takes, staying for the beer and the music takes. And my question is actually about a beer take. So I'm wondering well, how do you guys feel about getting your beer from a local bar versus a local brewery? The local brewery definitely will have some unique beers, some small batch stuff that you won't find anywhere else, but the local bar will definitely have uh, more variety. If you're an IPA guy like myself, the local bar might have, you know, 8 to 15 different IPAs to try from where the brewery might only have one or two. Just wondering uh, your preferred method of getting your beer. Thank you very much. So... Uh, you got any takes? That's a, to Mr. Innovative Danny here sending his, po- his yeah. uh, question like this. So, first of all, Danny, thanks for the question. I think it depends on your mood, really. Yeah. Like, what, it depends on the situation. You're trying to hang out with some friends at a bar and watch some, watch some sports or whatever, have some food maybe, or are you trying to, like, go to a brewery and, and taste the different taste tastes? Taste a bunch of different beers. Right. Like, bre- breweries have a variety, but it's all their beer. I also kind of like going to a brewery because you know it's directly from the source mm-hmm. like you get mm-hmm. the same even if it's on draft or whatever at a bar it doesn't taste the same yeah. as when you're at the brewery so here's my answer i'm gonna tell you danny get you a man that can do both get yourself a bar that has good relationships with the local breweries and like they do tap takeovers you know they, oh. they constantly have like you know, I always talk about the gulp on this podcast, right, right. Uh, and they they'll do tap takeovers with Three Weavers, who we talked about with Brandon. They do tap takeovers with other local breweries, so that's a kind of thing that I think you can really get a little bit of both uh, the the good kind of home home cooking bra- a vibe of a brewery, but also the more bar atmosphere, uh, the more like you said on demand variety. Because I, I, yeah, I mean, I definitely love going to breweries and like touring the place and like you know checking out. All their different types of samples, but it's pretty killer. You know, get to get yourself a good bar with a bunch of craft brews and and uh, be able to jump around from type to type. Right. So, get you a man that can do both. That's the answer to your question. 
All right. Another oh. another innovative question yeah. here. We uh, we had Zachary Brown. Uh, so for one, uh, he asks us: Hopkins' current quarterback is Tom Savage as of right now. Where would the fantasy hipsters rank slash draft Nuke? Oh Tony Romo is going to TV. Will Kaepernick land there? Will they look to draft a quarterback? Stellar podcast, by the way. Really enjoying the long episodes. Good because this is another one. Uh, <laughs> he also said: P.S. Modern Times beer from San Diego is worth a taste. Go crack one open. Uh, Juanita and City of the Sun are my faves. And then he sent us a just, it was great. He emailed us a separate email with just the beer emoji is the subject line and then a picture of Modern Times. Yeah. Modern Times is great. I actually had a Modern Times when we were out with uh, Matt from Two Champs last yep. weekend at the, at the bar last Friday. So I'm, I'm aware of Modern Times. It's a, it's a good beer. Yeah, you see them around a lot uh, in this area. Because they're the big San Diego. T- yep, big yeah. tall cans they come in. Yeah, right. Pretty crucial stuff. So, yeah, good good call there, Zachary. Good good, good stuff. As for your question, so I'm going to ask you, where where would you rank or draft Nuke? Like, what do you think about this year? <sighs> he brings up a good point that Tom Savage is the quarterback. They got to got to fix that, right? I yeah. Mean, I don't think we I don't think we can I don't think we can talk about where we're going to draft Nuke until we know who the quarterback is going to be. Uh I feel like he's still like a top 12 guy cuz he's ridiculously talented. Is he oh, Here's the thing. Ah oh, man, I got to say like I I, mean, I love DeAndre Hopkins. Um, I thought he was a great draft prospect. I was, you know, really high on him the year that he uh, that he was coming to taking the place of Andre Johnson. You know, 2015 he had that big season. Yeah. Um, and I think the problem with that is that it really set kind of unfair expectations of 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 what we should imagine that DeAndre Hopkins can be. Because, like I said, great player. No doubt, but is he the same, you know, elite talent of like an Odell Beckham, Antonio Brown, Julio Jones, Mike Evans, even AJ Green, Des Bryant, maybe even a Michael Thomas? I think all those guys are more talented than him. Okay. Um, I was just recently but, finished his reception perception. Yeah. Um, and like he has good overall scores, you know, above league average for sure, but not dominant like some of those other players that I just mentioned. I um, mean, are you looking at 2016? I'm looking film? at last. I'm looking at last year, yeah. and I think. You know, so again, what I try to do is take the influence of the quarterback out of the equation. Yeah. Um, but so to me, <laughs> I, I think which which helps. You need that. Brock Osweiler just did us dirty, man. Oh yeah, but here's <laughs> and so I think the temptation though with Nuke is like, well, he you know he can do it with a, even just a de- you know a bad but not Brock Osweiler level bad quarterback because what he did in 2015. Brian Hoyer. But Brian Hoyer is right. solid. Hoyer's Hoyer is okay. I mean, yeah, He's but he serviceable. also he produced with guys like T.J. Yates. But at the same time, I think what we have to we we talked about this a lot going into last year. Why I wouldn't have taken him in the first round, anyways, is because when the Texans' defense was bad, when they were losing games, that's when Nuke was getting like ridiculous target volume. Right. And the Texans have just been pretty forthright with the fact that that's not how they want to play football games. So I don't think we can expect Hopkins to get an outrageous volume that helps offset the talent difference between some of these other guys. Right now, he's going as the 11th wide receiver off the board in fantasy football calculators ADP. I don't know. I think legit, honestly, if they don't improve the quarterback position, he might finish outside the top 20 fantasy receivers again. I can easily see that happening. Yeah. I mean, I don't disagree with anything you just said. Yeah, so consider us hands off of DeAndre Hopkins unless like some miracle happens because I don't think any of these rookie quarterbacks are going to come in and solve the problem right away. No, definitely not. Especially a not they when they're picking in the t- in the twenties. I mean, like Jay Cutler. What if Jay Cutler goes down there? They or? could swing a trade for Jimmy Garoppolo, but I don't think they have the draft capital to pull that off. Right. 
I drafted uh, D Hop in the first round of my league of record last year, and I made the, the the championship somehow, but I got demolished. But I was so frustrated all season. Yeah. As as was anyone else who drafted. I, yeah, Hopkins. I remember just, you you had the weekly Texans. Dude, tilt. I was tilting every every uh, time. Yeah, so I it's it sucks, but I just think for fantasy, like I think that early part of 2015 really made expectations outrageous, and because even in the back half of that year, he was he was not as productive. He wasn't like an elite wide receiver one. I just don't think that that's really in his range of outcomes at this point anymore. Sad. Next question comes in from our buddy Chris Allen. Uh, hey guys, non-football related question, two part, two parter. What's your top five favorite music genres? Uh, do you think music awards like the Grammys accurately reflect good music or just popular music? Heard this on another pod with hip hop artists, but wanted your thoughts. Take care, guys. So, do you think um, top five music genres is hard? But uh, I'm a, a mainly I'm a rock rock and roll type of guy. Do you say like alternative? I. Eh. Indie? Indie, alternative. <laughs> like I mean, hipster music, bro. <laughs> like folk is great, too. I like folk. I like good songwriting. I can recognize good songwriting. So folk would be up there. Country Rock, music? I like country. I'm so, tor- I'm so torn on country. I actually had a really good, uh, I'll tell you off the air, I had a good uh, piece of banter about country music lately and what I what I think it does to people but we'll talk about that that's a long discussion maybe like, maybe for another podcast there but. are some country songs because in country the songwriting is like Chris Stapleton country artist oh my who's god awesome. amazing yeah amazing artist but like just typical radio country right, like, like pop country get that out of here right um you know older country but anyways um, I like I like hip-hop I like intelligent hip-hop uh you know like Kendrick Lamar I like MF Doom, yeah. stuff like that. Older hip hop, especially too, like in the '90s, is it's great stuff. Um, yeah. So I mean, it depends. But the second part of the question: the Grammys. Now, this is this hits home because my fiance works for a major uh, record label, and she works at Grammys every year. And the last few years, it, you know, Beyonce's put some good music out there, and she's been in the running for things like Album of the Year and these big awards. And mm-hmm. she's she's got the snub. She got snubbed. Got the snub. She's been snubbed. Bay has got snubbed. And I'm not trying to wake up the the I don't know whatever Bay's followers are called the bees. The, I don't know I don't the know. beehive. The beehive. Yeah, that's yeah, what they yeah. are. Yeah, that's it. But she deserves some more respect out of these award shows, and she's not getting it. And I think. This is kind of this is kind of the same type of thing we saw with the Oscars two years ago. Who won uh, album of the year in 2015? Do you remember? Because mm. that was the year I think uh, Alabama Shake Sound and Color was up for it in the Grammys. And if the Grammys were legit, they would have won album of the year right. in 2015. Because that was the best freaking album out that year. Don't at me. Don't Snapchat me. Don't oh. Facebook me. Sam Smith won Album of the Year in 2015. Right. Get out of here with what? Sam Smith winning Album of the Year over Alabama he, Shakes in 2015. He, he swept that year. He won four or five I know. Well, again, what I said before. Get out of here with that. Sound and Color was an amazing album. And if the Grammys were real, they would have won that award. I agree. So, so how the Grammys work, and I know this because I worked at Capitol Records for four years... It's the the voters are artists any, squares. Anyone who has, I think it's five credits on any type of musical, like like you look at the liner note notes and it's like, oh, so and so produced this record. Like a producer can be a Grammy voter. Artists can be Grammy voters. 
anyone who has enough credits on music that has been published can vote in the Grammys. Um, so I think it's, you know, you got to get your people to vote. If, if your artist, if you are an artist and you're not signed up as a Grammy voter, that's a problem. You can vote for yourself, which is like, you know, that's kind of rare. But I think that I, I agree with you, and I think this is what Chris is getting at, is the, the Grammys don't always reflect good music, um, but reflects popular music because my fiance is a publicist, and she's in, on the inside of this. And if, say, like these two bands put out the same caliber album, whichever band got more press mm-hmm. and more good hype are going to get more votes... Right. Because the voters were more aware, okay. if that makes sense. I see what you're saying. Um, so, well, like, Sam Smith was probably on more people's radar than Alabama Shakes that right. year. You just better put some respect on my girl Brittany's name. Dude, Grammys. she's incredible. Yeah. She's, like, she is so emotional and moving every time she performs. It's crazy. God, that one song that she did with John Legend recently melted my face 300 different times. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, let's let's move on to the next there. question. Uh, we've got Tim Jablonski, our buddy from the two two former Beard League uh, participants here, nice. in Chris Allen and Tim Jablonski. Uh, loving the podcast, always my number one number one to listen to each week, which is pretty great because we're still pretty new. We're number one. Uh, basically, was wondering what are your top three tips to being a hipster? I don't live in Portland. Is this a problem? Keep up the good work. Well, so, top three tips to being hipster. Hipsters can live anywhere. You don't got to live, live in Portland anywhere. or Brooklyn or Silver Lake. So the thing, yeah, I mean those are those are typically like you know the the the, the meccas yeah. of hipsters, but uh, you can be anywhere. You so that's a LA. tip. Just just be alive and be anywhere. Be alive. That's and, tip number one. Uh, don't don't be all obsessed with what's popular just because of, oh god you know just because other sheep like it. No, just like Alvin Kamara. Yeah, and number three, I would say. Care about your appearance, but don't try to care about your appearance. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Don't make it seem like you're trying to care about your appearance. Okay. I mean, you got to go out and get yourself some do champs. You got to go out and get yourself some flag and anthem. But but you you can style a bedhead. Yeah. You know. You can wear your you know your shirt like all buttoned weirdly or whatever. Yeah. You know? Just don't don't like try to be too good looking but be good looking but then if someone's like hey you're hey bro your shirt's button weird you gotta be like i yeah i don't care just that's, be, yeah. that's the hipster reply yeah. yeah okay just oh is it yeah is, i didn't even know hmm. i'm just gonna leave it whatever hmm. all right so i think that's those are those are top three tips and really overall like just don't try too hard that's yeah. the big thing right don't try because then if you're trying hard you're a sheep in your mainstream boom get out all right next question comes from deep and dave hey hi guys deep and dave here <laughs> Hello, Dave. Hey, Dave. Thanks for producing another excellent show and for all your help fantasy-related. My question to you is, if there was a fire, which of the NFL fantasy guys would you save? You can only save one, and you can't pick each other. So I can't pick you, and you can't pick me. Correct. Well, I'm just going to save me. Because he said I can't pick, I can't save, we can't save each other, but he didn't say anything about saving ourselves. It's very selfish of you. I'm just saying. All right, okay, fine. What if when I'm saving someone else, I'd push you out? Of the building. That's that's weak. Yeah. Uh, all right. Then I guess so. It's my okay, turn. So yeah, you. Go, I'm. Well, I'll give a real answer. Okay. Yeah, that was a fake answer. I would save Adam Rank. Okay. And here's why. Yeah. Why? So I, I'm assuming that this is just the podcast, guys. Right. So like, 
us two, Marcus, Alex, James, and Rank is a is 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 holding our place here in the offseason at the moment. So I'm gonna say Rank because for two reasons. One, he's a family man. Now I know James also has a child, but look, I only say one person. Sorry, James. You're dead. Uh <laughs> He's a family man. He's got a great, adorable little baby. Um, you know, don't want to leave a girl, a little girl, fatherless. That's that's wrong. Also, yeah. Rank was the first person, you know, there of like big time TV people to be like, "Yo, you're really good at this. Um, you're gonna you're gonna do great things." Uh, so showing that faith in me, I'm gonna reward him by saving him from a fire. Awesome. I'm gonna go with Marcus Grant because. When I first got this job three or four years ago, he was the one who called me up. And he was the one who said, hey, you know, you interested in this job guy? And I said, yeah. And then he interviewed me first. He was kind of like my first experience at NFL Media. And he's just the, the, best, man. the coolest dude it's ever. Awesome. Marcus, the coolest dude ever. So, Marcus, uh, you're going to get saved by Franchise. Rank, you're going to get saved by Harmon. Gelhard Gelhar and, and Co. Co. You're roasted. Sorry, guys. You're dead. I mean, Gelhar's out of the country, so he's not even going to hear this. I hope he doesn't listen, or else I'm going to have to find a new roommate because he's dead in a fire. Oh, man. <laughs> Awkward. <laughs> All right, let's move on. All right, let's move on to the next couple of questions. Uh, let's go. A little, try to go a little more rapid fire here. Sure. Uh, Aaron Johnson asks, hey, love the podcast. I've been offered a trade in my Dynasty League. Uh, CJ Anderson, Kenneth Dixon, and number six in our rookie draft for number two overall in the rookie draft. This would guarantee that I land Fournette, Mixon, or Cook. Should I pull the trigger? I'm going to say... Uh, you know, uh, I'm, I'm going to say no. Yeah, that's a lot to give up for one guy. Well, I think I think it really, you know, and I, I hate to always be, well, listen, it depends on context, but do you need, like, a one transcendent star to put you over the top? Because at six, I think it does get a little murky. After, after the top kind of, after the top five, honestly, I think it gets a little murky, and, you know, top five being, like, McCaffrey, Fournette, Cook, Corey Davis. I mean, really, even after that, because, like, Joe Mixon could be, like, a day three pick and, like, you know, all kinds of stuff. There's a lot of questions that really go into yeah, that. Yeah, he's, so, he's not a sure thing. You know what? Now, as I'm saying it, I think I would I think I would kind of make the deal just to get, like, one big stud piece out of it. It's a lot to give up, but, you know, Kenneth Dixon could literally end up being a zero. C.J. Anderson could end up being a zero, too. I agree with both of those takes. So, actually, I'm going to say go ahead and do it. Me, too. Do it. And, you know, hopefully then you get whoever your favorite prospect is. Uh, second last question. George Banco of uh, Good Buddy from the Fantasy Football Helpers. Uh, he asks, do you think Nelson Aguilar could work out of the slot? Well, I think Nelson Aguilar's biggest problem right now is, is Nelson Aguilar in that he his confidence is shot. He's in his know, own head. A lot of people, you know, a lot of people are saying like he does well in practice, but then he gets out on the game and he's just kind of in his own head and just can't shake it out of himself. Um, you know, you could t- I mean, you could tell last year, you could tell that his confidence was rocked and yeah. it, it affected his play and everything. So, but theoretically from a skill set standpoint, I do think he could work as a slot receiver. He has that kind of build. He's pretty good after the catch, you know, when again, when he's at his best. Um, but Really, he needs to worry about making the roster first this year. Yeah. So, I think that's our answer to, to that one, unless you have any other takes to add there. I don't. I mean, he's not going to beat out Jordan Matthews for the slot receiver spot one way so or another. So, he's basically the fourth guy in the depth start right basically now. basically your, your four. Jeffrey, Smith, and Matthews. Right. Yeah, that's a tough spot to be in. It is a tough spot to be in, but hopefully he can, you know, just make plays when he's asked and get a little bit of his confidence back. Right. 
Last question comes in from our buddy, uh, Jeremy Funk. Uh, he's, uh, he writes for DLF. He does, he's helped me a lot with some injury-related stuff and my zero RB pieces. He says, hey, Matts, what is the impact of an offensive scheme on film analysis? How do we parse out a pl- what a player has potential to do compared to what he's asked to do in an offense? What are the types of schemes uh, for wide receivers that most often lead to a misevaluation? Franchise, go ahead. I'm going to let you take this one. Uh, well, when I'm watching film, you know, I feel like the scheme takes a backseat. I'm really focused in on the player that I'm watching and seeing the little nuances of, of, of his movements and stuff like that. And then kind of take a step back and look at, okay, is this like a zone blocking scheme? Is this, you know, is this a, a power offense or are they running out of shotgun? Are they running, you know, out from under center in an I form, something like that. But I don't really, like, when I'm watching college tape, at least, for prospects, because that's what I've been doing a lot of lately, mm-hmm. I don't take scheme into account that much. I'm just looking at the player and his skill set. Yeah, I would always say you can't really hold the environment that a player was asked to exist in against the player because they don't really have a say in that. Right. You know, like a Baylor receiver is, is a great example. Corey Coleman was one that this came up with last year that he doesn't run a lot of routes. He's only doing this, that, or the other. Um, you know, and you can't that like can't be a negative against a player. Well, you got to look at our traits. Yeah. Uh, what it's sh- like, what kind of potential they show. You know, if they're dominating on those three or four handful of routes that they run, that's not necessarily a bad thing. Now, what I will say is the impact is, um, you know, transition to the NFL for college prospects. One thing that I'm seeing a lot of are some of these guys in air raid type of offenses, especially when you talk about scheme. Guys that only line up on one side of the field, uh, like specifically a few players that like Kevin White, Doriel Green Beckham, Laquan Treadwell, all these guys that have not taken off at the NFL level have really had slow starts to their career. They were lining up primarily on one side of the field. And when you think about it from a wide receiver perspective, that is essentially like you're just asked to master all your releases from the left hand side uh, or all your breaks at the route point or the break point of your routes from the left hand side and then you got it but at the nfl like nobody sticks to one side of the field it's very rare that you would even see one receiver take more than 50 percent of their snaps from one side of the field a lot of players are moving around a lot so that's a lot to then transition from a muscle memory perspective to when you get to the nfl level so those things i do i do think it has some degree of like what can they be asked to do or like what are how quickly can they transition to other things at the nfl level um there's no like one-to-one rule or whatever in how to do it but uh i do think that scheme has some sort of a, a like effect on what you end up seeing but it's again it's a, trying to be more open-minded and and think like can they exist in something outside of this good answer so that's that's our answer to that and that is all the questions that we have today thanks to everybody who emailed us at fantasyhipsters at gmail.com uh if you guys want to ask questions uh, for next week's show, make sure you hit up that email to get them sent in. Yeah, we're done here. So next week is a question mark. I mean, we'll have an episode. I don't know what we're going to talk about. I think we'll we'll finish our big third board. part of our big board, and which is going to be like deep sleepers. Pretty deep much. sleepers. Yep. Some guys. I think there's still some guys I'm excited to talk about though on that big board. But uh, and uh, you know, find Harmon's work at receptionperception.com, thebackyardbanter.com. Great episode we just put out of the Backyard Banter podcast with Charles McDonald from SB Nation and Bleacher Report. Uh, we talked about the perception of black quarterbacks uh, there at the end of the episode. So definitely a must listen. Also has two. Two pretty powerhouse guests coming up. 
All right. Keep an eye out for those. Very excited. Um, other than that, you can find Franchise's work at stickthefootball.com. You can find the show, fantasyhipsters.com. Find Franchise on Twitter, at Matt Franchise. Me, at Matt Harmon, underscore BYB. Remember to download and especially subscribe, rate, and review to the show to get entered to win yeah. the either the beard or hair kit from Duchamp's Grooming uh, for free. Don't have to do anything except contact us. So remember, the trivia question is, how old is Charlie? First person to... leave it in your iTunes review, the answer to that at the end. First person to submit Charlie's answer correctly with, along with a positive review of the show, will win that. Uh, So we'll be on the lookout to that before next week's show where we'll announce that. But for now, hipsters out. Hipsters out. Alright, so we're testing the new mic setup right now. Franchise, I'd like you to speak. Hey, what's going on, Harmon? You're listening to the Fantasy Hipsters Podcast, Episode Six. Your lips are a little chapped. You know, you do you have any? Uh, do you have any? I don't have. You have any grooming prog? You have any do champs in your pocket, bro? I don't have the do champs. Oh, I mean, I have mine in my bathroom, like a normal person, not in my w- pocket. Weird. Just, I got- just, just. I just want to say, lipstick. Lip balm Twitter backed me up on yeah, this. Yeah, I got I got roasted on yeah. that, man. I really put myself out there, um, went to bat for it, and I got roasted. But, you know. All right, you look better now. Maybe maybe we can actually start the podcast. Big, big lip balm is on my side here. Great. Well, you're a sellout. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.